Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. So today we are finishing uh, the series called Hope Rises. I hope you I hope you hope you've enjoyed it. Um, it it's a it kind of it's three installments, and and it really is a progression of I believe where God has been taking us, where He's taking us, um, in in a sense of prophetic timeline. Um, because God promises hope for our future. He promises a good outcome and a successful outcome. And here's our promise, and I know many of us have heard this verse, but it's more than just hearing it. It's getting it deep down in your heart and believing it. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for harm to give you a future and a hope. Now, hope, we found out, is defined an expected outcome of good. Hope is having an optimistic view of the future. It seems to be the fight of our lives, right? Especially in uncertain times. We wonder how the future will work out. We wonder if that outcome will be good. Well, God declares it will be. And that's where faith comes in. That's where trust comes in. So we've learned over the last few weeks, if you've been traveling with us, we've learned that God is the God of uncover. He removes the hindrance to our hopeful future. You can go back and and listen to that. And then last week, we talked about the God of the recover, which is God restores, he refreshes, he restrengthens us for the future. That is what he does. And this week, I want to show you that God is the God of discover, discover. In other words, he leads us into a new future, to discover our new future. And I believe he's doing that right now, leading us into something new. And in our case, probably a new normal. What happens every time something major happens in, in the world or in your, in, your, in your life, things change, but they, but they don't change for the worse. They actually change for the better. That's in God's perspective. I believe we may be even coming into a new era, a new way of doing things, but again, with a very, very good outcome. So I want to build your hope for your future and to help you discover it. I love it that Jesus refers to the entire kingdom of heaven regarding this truth of brand new discovery. Matthew 13, 44, he describes it this way. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. The the kingdom of heaven, the entirety of the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field and says he, in excitement, he hid it again and sold everything that he owned and bought that field. God is the God of discover. So he's compelling us to search for our hopeful future, to find something unexpectedly And by surprise, something previously unseen or unknown. I think about the Red Sea when they were coming out of Egypt and they needed to get across the sea and they're 
enemy was behind them, breathing down their neck, and he said, Moses, I know you can't see the way, you can't see the path, but I see it. I see what's unknown. I see what's unexpected. And he lifted up his rod and stretched forth his hand. And all of a sudden, the entire sea split and millions of people walked through a Red Sea that wasn't there before, the path that wasn't there before. See, God wants you to discover the unexpected. And I believe he wants you to find something new and of great value. Look what he's doing. Isaiah 43, 19 is a powerful verse. It says, for I'm about to do something new. See, see, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in a dry wasteland. And I believe there are those who have already discovered hidden treasures during this temporary season. I've already heard the testimonies of freedom, miraculous provision, physical and emotional healing, restored relationships. I see a new revival happening. And like I said last week, out of Zephaniah 3.20, a revival of community, a revival of identity, and a revival of economy. So God has been building our faith in order to release his favor. Let me say it again, that's a good one. God has been building our faith in order to release his favor. I don't know if you've ever had older brothers or maybe older sisters that did this to you, maybe younger brothers and sisters, but they're gonna give you a, a can of pop and they shake it before they give it to you. You ever had that? And they shake it really hard and they hand it to you and you open it up and psh, all over the place. Well, in this way, I believe, like a can of pop, we have been shaken, but we're gonna burst in a good way. We're gonna burst forth in a good way. Bible says, I pour out my spirit, not all flesh. And I believe throughout this time together, brand new prayers have been prayed. As a matter of fact, people all over the world have been praying for the very first time. People who didn't fast are fasting for the first time. People all over the world have been on their knees crying out to God for the first time, not just to rescue them, but to create revival in the hearts of people so that people would seek God, so that people would know Jesus, and so that we would walk in the newness of life, the new path God has laid out before us. See, new is nothing new to God because God invented it. As a matter of fact, as we speak, God is creating something new. We believe that scientists and scientists know that, that they are discovering, uh, are, their universe is expanding, that new galaxies are being formed right now because God is creating new. Why is he doing that? Because God is creating something for us to marvel at. God creates new because it gives us a chance to be humbled and amazed at how awesome and mighty he is. Look what happens when Jesus comes back again. Revelation 21.1. John is saying this from the island of Patmos. He's having a revelation of Jesus and showing him the things that will happen and also the things that are happening right now in heaven. He says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth 
For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone. Then God says in uh, a few verses later in 21.5, he says, and the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And by the way, this is a present tense verse. I'm, I am making everything new. Not I will, but I am. Not just a new heaven and a new earth later, but I'm also doing something new for you right now. God creates new. Who doesn't like new? You might like a new outfit and a new friend. Or Emily got a new t-shirt in the mail the other day and she ran out to the mailbox in her slippers, I think, and in her, she hadn't taken a shower yet. She never does that. She ran out to the mailbox to get her brand new shirt, couldn't wait to open it up and wear it. It was, it was a cool shirt about the Waymaker, God being a Waymaker, very cool, but she was so excited. How about a new friend, a new job, a new piece of furniture, new haircut, new car, new song, a new baby, a new marriage. See, that's good because God invented it. One author says this, God prefers new. When you innovate, you are close to winning the war printing press, the light bulb, the compass, the transistor radio, antibiotics, vaccines. These are all brand new ideas that change history, even save lives. So I want to build your hope for your future because God does have new in store for us. So let me encourage you for a few moments to get going and discover your new future. Let me compel you towards new hope and give you some practical truth to do that. And I believe that hope rises when you simply put it on. Say, put it on. I see that God has given us an unlimited supply of hope. He has given us so many great promises regarding our future. So what do we do? We just simply grab a hold of one and put it on. Ephesians 4.24 says this. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I believe this is how we begin to discover our future. By putting on our new nature, because our new nature is filled with God's future. Our new nature is filled with God's future, filled with hope, so just put it on. Right now, right now in this moment, go ahead and start believing and declaring it. Because I'd say sometimes you gotta dress for success. You may not have the future yet, but you can start dressing for it. You can start preparing for it. That's our job, to wake up every day and put on new hope. In essence, put on the future. Oh, how I would love to step into my closet and command my clothes to get on my body. Just step in and command them to get on because I do need help, but it doesn't work that way. I have to put them on. I even have to pick them out, which is very challenging for me at times. That's why I have Emily, so she can just look at me and say yes or no. In essence, when we say put it on, it's a command. 
In other words, we make a decision and just put action to it. It's like when you buy a new shirt, you want to wear it right away, just put it on. I believe God is always challenging us to see, think, and act with hope. If we don't, we become stagnant in our faith and our walk with Jesus. Life becomes plain boring. But I've realized that God is not boring. He's filled with life and love and joy, excitement, and unexpected surprises. So put it on. Put on your new nature today, created to be like God. Because you look good when you look like God. And I know God looks good. He's full of joy and splendor. He is radiant, filled with power, love, and hope. So put on your new nature, create it to be like God. And when you put on your new nature, you also begin to discover your new identity. I think this is an important part of putting it on. There's one thing I want you to discover during this time. It's your identity. It's who you are in him. Do you know for certain who you are? Do you know for certain who God says you are? I'm realizing that many Christians have an identity crisis and they just don't know it. And I love what Henry Nouwen writes. He says, Jesus came to announce to us that An identity based on success, popularity, and power is a false identity and illusion. If you base your identity on your career or what you have, it's false. Loudly and clearly, he says, you are not what the world makes you, but you are children of God. So let me just just put some clothes on you for a moment. In other words, your royalty You are covered with favor and divine privileges. That's your identity. Identity is something that covers us. It's easily seen or noticed. It's what we wear. When someone gives their heart to Jesus, they get a robe of royalty that secures their identity. Our identity found in Jesus. So put it on because you look good. This is what David found out in Psalm 139 talking about how God made him. He said, God, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. Yes, that's right, guys, you're delicate. And made my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Look at this. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. I mean, David is saying, I know I'm marvelous. He's, he's wearing something. See, God took his time fashioning and forming you, thinking about you, singing over you, making you perfect in his perfect time. He didn't make a mistake. He says, you are marvelous, so put it on. Put on marvelous. Because I believe this with all my heart. Your present identity determines your future reality. We say it again, your present identity determines your future reality. I know that's kind of scientific or spacey, but here I'll say it this way. How we view ourselves inwardly will eventually manifest outwardly. We will begin to wear what we believe and feel on the inside. That's a whole nother message in itself. So God says, you are marvelous. 
tell someone right now, tell someone that you're next to, tell your entire family, you are marvelous. I've caught myself at times, maybe you have too, wearing the past, clothing myself with regrets, dressing my mind with worry, wrapping myself in fear. Please do not fall for that trap, that trap that says your future looks bleak, and that trap that says God wants you broke, busted, and disgusted. Don't fall for it because God wants you to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. He wants to fill your storehouse with grain and even have it overflow so that you can give to every good work. He doesn't want you broke, busted, and disgusted. He wants you blessed, loved, and protected. He wants good for you. And I mentioned this last week, and I stand by this with all of my heart. Disaster is never God's intention or outcome for your life. It's not his intention for your life. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life and life abundantly. In other words, God does want to bless you. He wants you moving forward into your future. The challenge is we move. He doesn't. God is immovable, but, but we do, don't we? So just get back to where you once belong. See, God never forces his blessing, but he sure does offer it. He never forces your future. He offers you the path to get there. So go ahead and put on your future. Put it on. Put on your new identity as a child of God, as a king's kid. You don't have to beg. Come boldly to the throne and discover your future. Come boldly to the throne and get his love. Just put it on. Start dressing yourself for a successful future right now. So let me give you a few more pieces of clothing today some kingdom clothing, something you can wear when you wake up every day. Let me just say this. You are faultless and blameless because of Jesus. You are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You have joy. You have peace. You have the truth. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. You are saved. You are loved. So put it on. There is now no condemnation on you. There's no shame on you. You got a closet filled with God's love. Colossians 3.14. Above all, clothe yourselves with love. See, we have access to an unlimited wardrobe of God's goodness to wear each day. And I believe that your hope, your future rises when you simply put it on. And hope rises when you put it out. Put it out. Say, put it out. This is an extremely important truth. Listen, we've got to put our future out there. The promised future that God has in store. In other words, write it down, make it clear, and run with it. I'll say it again. Write it down, make it clear, and run with it. You may not have the specifics yet, so just write this down. It's going to be good. Say, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. 
Because I found out that as Christians, we don't hide our faith. We put it out there. We speak it out and we act it out. Matthew 5, 15, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Right now in your house, I want you to say, yes, you're marvelous, but I want you to say, we got a good future ahead. Say it to your spouse, say it to your kids. We have a great outcome ahead of us. God wants success for our future. That's what he says. See, I believe sometimes you gotta faith it until you make it. Sometimes you gotta faith it, F-A-I-T-H, is that right? (laughs) Until you make it. I've had to practice that a few times in my life when I was in a a, a pickle. And I remember one time uh, years ago when I went through my bout of uh, cancer, I went through the surgery, and then in order to leave the hospital, my levels had to be at a certain place, and for some reason, I should have been out in two days, but it just kept going on and on. The the doctor would come in, look at my levels, and go, oh, your levels are still low. You're going to have to stay, and so I think it was like day six, and I'm like, what in the world is going on here? So I'm praying and saying, God, I need to go home. I got stuff to do, and uh, this, this little elderly woman comes in, and uh she was fixing some stuff, cleaning some stuff in the room, and, and uh, she said, she said, how you doing? I said, well, I'm, I'm, I kind of want to go home. And she goes, I, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a key. This is what you need to do. When the doctor comes in today, just make sure your bed is made, put on your clothes, comb your hair, brush your teeth, make it look like you're going home. And when he comes in, he'll automatically think you're going home. I said, What? So I did it. So she left. I made my bed, cleaned the room. I made everything spick and span. I sat up on my bed, made my hair look as good as I could. And I sat there. And when the doctor came in, he opened up his little uh, tablet and he looked at my levels. He said, hmm, they're a little low, but I think I can let you go home. (laughs) See, sometimes you got to faith it (laughs) in order to make it. Say something good about your future, even though it hasn't arrived yet, because I believe that speaking about our future is not arrogance, it's confidence. It is a confident hope. Romans 12, 2 says this, rejoice in our confident hope. He's saying, look at your future right now with optimism. Look at it the way God sees it. Rejoice. He's really saying, get happy about it. Maybe in your house right now, start raising the roof. Start jumping up and down. Come on. Just say, man, God has a good future. God's future. I got to get happy about this future. And yet, you know what he's saying? He's saying, sing about it. If you want to, if you can. Come up with a new song of hope today. The Bible says this in Psalms 96, verse one, sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. I mean, some people are waking up and all they do is look at the news and they have the same old tune running through over and over again. I say sing a new song. Start writing a new song about your future. Start writing new words about your future and put it out there. Don't be afraid 
put out God's promises. Go on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Text your family and friends and start declaring your good future, a great expectation. I love what this guy says. He said, don't lose hope. When it gets darkest, the stars come out. My friends, it's time to shine. It's time to put it out there and see hope rise. And lastly, I'm gonna finish here. And this is kind of the exclamation point on this entire series. You gotta put it on. You gotta put it out there. And I believe, lastly, hope rises when you pray it out, when you pray it out regarding your future. We must pray it out. I believe we spend too much time regretting the past and fretting in the present, we must pray out our future. Here's that verse again one more time in Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in your confident hope. Be patient. Be patient during this time. Let God do some work. But listen, and keep on praying. Let us pray it out. But don't just pray a normal prayer. Pray a prayer with confidence. Pray a prayer without question or disbelief. Pray an indeed prayer. Say indeed prayer. I'll explain that in a moment because that's what Jabez did. Jabez, who's that? Well, I'm glad you asked. He is only mentioned three times in the Bible, but he prays an indeed prayer and God gives him what he asked for. It's as simple as that. Here it is. I want to show you. It's, it's really one verse but there's so much in it. First Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bore him in pain. That's not a great way to start off life. Here we go. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And look at so God gave him what he asked for. Did you see that? Jabez is praying for his future. It looks like he's praying in the present, but he's, none of this stuff has happened yet. So he's praying for his future, asking God to bless his future. And I'd say he's asking God to bless it indeed. Say indeed. It's like the exclamation point. It's the emphasis. He was emphasizing it. He was saying, Lord, that you would bless me beyond any shadow of doubt, beyond measure, more than I could ask or imagine. And that sounds like a verse written hundreds of years later in the future in Ephesians 3.20. Look at this. It's almost like Jabez was, was, was seeing this verse ahead of time and he was saying, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now there's a very interesting phrase, according to the power that works in us, according to, there's something, we have, we have something that, that we need to do. We need to kind of activate our faith and, and believe and trust and head into the future with that phrase. But I love how the Passion trans, Translation says, look at this. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. It's awesome. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your, exceed your wildest imagination. Sounds like uh, natural libre. No, no, forget it. 
Um, <laughs> what is that? What's that? Napoleon Dynamite. There you go. Okay. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Jabez knew this, that in order to discover his future, he needed to pray it out. And I believe to boldly pray it out. Basically, he's saying, I'm gonna get mine. So here, I want you to hear this. I wonder how many prayers never get out. I wonder how many prayers never get out. They just sit in a holding tank in our minds. They lie dormant in our hearts when God is compelling us to pray them out. Don't be shy. Jabez wasn't. Because God blesses the prayer and he blesses the bold prayer, the confident prayer. Hebrews 4, 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. Apparently God likes it when we get bold in our prayers. And I believe with all my heart that God has plenty of resources to give. He's not stingy. He's not a hoarder. He's generous, willing, the Bible says it gives God great pleasure to give us his entire kingdom. Remember, the kingdom is to be discovered. So we have to go discover it. So, so don't be shy when going to God with the things that you need. See, in God's view, he has an unlimited supply. But I think we don't put much of a demand on that supply. That's just my personal opinion from my personal view of what I've gone through is many times I'm not putting a bold demand on an unlimited supply that's ever expanding and growing. It never ends. So I think God is looking to and fro, seeing who can come boldly to him and make a bold demand of the things that they need. Isn't that what Jabez did? Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Now, how was Jabez able to pray with this confidence and boldness and passion and then get what he prayed for? Well, here's what you need to know, and this is probably something we can all relate to in this time or just in life. The name Jabez means he causes pain. <laughs> so we can assume that something about his birth was exceptionally more painful than a usual birth, either physically or emotionally. And in Bible times, a name was very important. A name often defined a person's future. A name often defined, defines a person's future. And what they would become. In other words, Jabez's mother was predicting her baby's future. Every time Jabez heard his name, he was reminded of the past, of the pain that he caused his mom, the people around him. But I love God, that God's the God of discover because he has a, another plan, a different plan. A plan to get Jabez out of the past and into the future. So out of his pain, he prayed a bold prayer, a passionate prayer, a believable prayer. And this indeed prayer was produced from a painful place. 
Can I get a witness? Can you relate? And I've said this before, but I believe it is our deepest wounds healed that impact the most people. And I believe it's the deepest wounds that can create our divine destiny. It it is those deepest wounds that can create the future. Jabez prayed from a deep wound and created an indeed prayer. And I believe that it is that indeed prayer that will propel you into your future. So we, we, we pray it out. We pray it out with some heart and some soul. And when you pray, pray out the same things that Jabez prayed for because he did, it wasn't just a blanket prayer. He had some very specific things he was asking for. And very quickly as we end, look at these requests. Go through them one by one. There's four or five of them. Look at this, 1 Chronicles 4.10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Listen, I'm not here to argue. We, we, can, we can, Christians argue all the time about, oh man, is this a prosperity message? Is this a, what is this all about? No, 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 listen. We, we have come to a place in our lives that Christians, followers of Jesus, are to shine and they are to be noticed. The the whole nation of Israel was to be noticed so that other nations would be compelled to say, I want to follow your God. And God would welcome them in. So Jabez understood this. He said, listen, that you would bless me indeed. What is he saying? Listen, you can pray this. Pray out blessings for your future. Pray out blessings for your future. Blessings. Because I believe we are blessed to be a blessing. Here's a foundational verse from the father of our faith, Abraham, right? Now remember, the covenant God made with Abraham, when you give your heart to Jesus, you're grafted right in. You receive the same covenant, inheritance. That's what the Bible says. So it says, Genesis 12, 2, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great that so that, so that you will be a blessing. Why would he do that? So that you would impact others with your love and joy and peace and gifts and provision. That's why God wants you to be a blessing, to bless others. So it's hard to be a blessing if you're not blessed or don't want the blessing. It's hard to give joy if you don't have it or want it. It's hard to give love if you don't got it. So pray it out and go get it. Pray out blessings for your future. And look at this one. Pray out more territory for your future. First Chronicles 4.10, and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you'd bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. He's saying, pray out more territory for your future. 
more influence for God, for God to open doors that no man can shut. Pray that his power and kingdom would invade your surroundings. Pray out a new promotion. Pray out the new business idea. Pray out a new book. Pray out for your kids to live for Jesus. Pray for more territory for your future. And then he says this, 1 Chronicles 4.10, and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you'd bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, and that your hand would be with me. He's saying, pray for more of his presence in your future. Pray for more of God's presence in your future. He says that your hand would be with me. Jabez wanted God to be in every moment of his day. Let me just pause for a moment and relate to you one of the common themes of our quarantine. And that is we would become so aware of God that he would become every part of us, that every part of our day, our calendar, that we would be aware of him all the time, that we would pray without ceasing, that we would seek him like never before. That's the reason, you guys. So he was praying that in his future that, that he would be so aware of God in every single situation and moment of his life. I don't know if many people pray for that. I think maybe times we just kind of want to go our way, but I pray that you pray for more of God's presence for your future. He understood the power of God's hand to protect and lead in the right direction because his hand leads you, his hand heals you, his hand protects you, his hand holds you, his hand loves you. So pray for more of his presence in your future. And lastly, look at this one, First Chronicles 4.10, and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you'd bless me indeed and enlarge my territory and that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. I'm gonna say it this way. Jabez was praying for more of God's love for the future. You know, what I've noticed about something in the Bible is in the last days that the love of many will grow cold because I believe they weren't praying for more of God's love in the past. And therefore, when the future came, their love for each other grew cold. Right now, you can pray for more of God's love for your future and God's already ahead in your future getting it ready for you. And I believe this was Jabez's heart because he's saying, listen, I caused my mom some pain and people around me some pain. I don't wanna do that. That wasn't fun. I don't wanna be labeled that way. Literally, Jabez is speaking against the testimony of his name by letting go of the shame that covered him his entire life, but he needed to pray it out. Because as people would find out hundreds of years later that love covers a multitude of sins and mistakes, have we all made mistakes? I love, uh, I, I love uh, how God washes us clean. I love how his love drives out fear. His love keeps no record of wrong. 
His love is patient. His love is kind. His love changes our lives. His love will change your future. So pray for more of his love in your future. And when you do, I promise this, because God is, he's no respecter of persons. He'll do for Jabez. He'll do for you. He'll do for him. Come on. God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. First Chronicles 4.10 says this. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you'd bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and that you'd keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. And look at this. So God granted him what he requested. Very short and sweet, but power packed with everything that we need for the future. God wants this for your future, but I've found out that we have to put it on. I have to put it on. And then I have to put it out there. I've got to do something with my faith, something, something that says I believe by putting it out there. And I believe that, that our hope rises when we pray it out. So let's pray. I want to pray over you and where you're at. And uh, I just want to pray for any uncertainty about God's promises for your future. Because even though the future, we don't know exactly how this looks when we come out of it, we can know that God's promise says it's going to be good. It's going to have success. For those who follow me and walk with me, I've got everything taken care of for you. Every provision. Restoring community, economy and identity. I've got it. Just walk with me. So I pray over every home, every heart right now has been struggling. And I pray, God, for hope to rise. I pray for joy to be restored. I pray, God, for for the eyes of the heart to be enlightened and open to you, God, and to what you said, for you're not a man that you should lie, nor a son of man that you should repent. Have you not said and will you not do, God, for you watch over your word to perform it. So God, we take you by your word and we say, God, emphatically, our future is in your hands and our future is bright, filled with great expectations. And I believe, because I've experienced it firsthand, that my future started when I gave my heart to Jesus. That's it. I was heading down my own path and I didn't know where to go and when I gave my heart to Jesus, he opened up a Red Sea, a pathway I'd never seen before. This pathway was filled with amazing treasure, people, peace, love, joy, freedom. And you can have that today. And it's a simple prayer we pray. It says, all who call in the name of the Lord will be saved. It just goes like this. You can repeat it after me. I like to say it three times. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, come into my heart. And I believe you pray that prayer just like a child, that God comes and lives in you, and now he leads you and directs you and heals you and loves you and provides for you and 
because you've given him and welcomed him into your life. And if you've done that, I'd love to get to know you. If you could text RLC saved to 97,000, that's RLC saved to 97,000. Love to hear your story. Love to support you and encourage you, be a blessing to you, help you on your new exciting journey with God. And don't forget this week, continue to do our live streams. We wanna be able to encourage you and just let you know that uh, God's on his throne and there's different things happening, different um, teachings and uh, love to, for you to join us with those. You can go to getreslife.org. And uh, hey, we love you guys. God bless you. Uh, praying for you every week and, and looking forward to the day that we can get on back together and hug each other and um, fist pump and those kind of things. So we love you. Stay careful and stay extremely hopeful. Oh, by the way, don't miss next week. We've got a special guest speaker next week. You're not gonna wanna miss it for Mother's Day. We love you. God bless you. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.